Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fixie Stevens. Breaking Boston this Monday morning, August 28th. And we have breaking news. Bill Belichick has finally realized that the Patriots have an offensive line problem, a tackle problem, something that I think Mac Jones and the quarterbacks uh, have known for a while, something I think fans and media alike have known for a while. I'm Andy Hart, and this is, as I said, Breaking Boston on a late Monday in August. Bill Belichick supposed to be paring down his roster to the 53-man mandated NFL limit by Tuesday at 4 p.m., Instead, the story of the weekend in New England was some trades, trades for low-level, mediocre, developmental tackles that the Patriots uh, unfortunately need, very much need at this point. If you've been listening to Breaking Boston over the course of the last month, if you've been listening to the Six Rings pod, our sister feed, over the last month, you know there is no bigger question, there is no bigger problem with the New England Patriots right now as they head toward the regular season. Then the offensive line. Mac Jones knows it. Bailey Zappi knows it. Trace McSorley knows it. Malik Cunningham doesn't know it as much because he can run and he can scramble. And that's the word I'm going to focus on today. Scramble. Because I think Mac Jones has had to scramble way more often than anyone would like to see throughout the summer. And now the Patriots are scrambling as our guy Coop puts the tweet up on the screen. The first trade of the weekend as the Patriots scramble to add, oh, look at that, picture in picture, add offensive line depth. Patriots traded running back Pierre Strong, a fourth-round pick just a year ago, to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for offensive tackle Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Tyrone Wheatley Jr. is like me and is like you listening, has never played in an NFL game at the tackle position, 26-year-old, a little bit older developmental player due to the whole COVID uh, era we went through in football and all of sports. But as I said, has bounced around the NFL a little bit most recently with the Browns where he was probably going to get cut. So the Patriots trade a fourth round pick from a year ago in Pierre Strong, a guy that some people had high hopes would be the next James White, fastest running back at the Combine two years ago. Matt Gross said, if you want fast players, you have to draft fast players. Well, They drafted a fast player and then barely a year later traded him out of town for Wheatley, who is the son of the former Giants running back Tyrone Wheatley, Um, has done some interesting things, I guess, over the summer. If you read and do a little research out of what's been going on in Brown's camp and preseason action might be a better developmental option than the Patriots have at the position. And then they weren't done. 
They sent a sixth-round pick to the Minnesota Vikings for Vidarian Lowe, another uh, young developmental tackle. He's actually played in the NFL, saw 33 snaps over four games as a rookie a year ago in sort of reserve duty. He is out of Illinois where he played for Brett Bielma. Uh, He's a guy that some Patriots writers actually thought might be a developmental lineman they'd have an eye on in the draft process a year ago. I I believe he even visited with New England, but, you know, didn't end up here, ended up with Minnesota. Now you have to give up a six-round pick to acquire low. Um, One of the interesting things about these two guys is they're both 6'6", 320 pounds. So they certainly look the part of an NFL tackle. And again, from a Patriots perspective right now, uh, I guess that's all you could ask for, because as we've talked about ad nauseum, left tackle is Trent Brown. He went through the weird hold in, hold out, load management, whatever you want to call it to start training camp. Uh, Hasn't had a great summer, hasn't had a ton of reps necessarily in game action. But again, listeners to the Six Rings pod know that uh, one of the last practices last week we talked about. We saw, ooh, and there we get some clips from Ty Wheatley Jr. Oh, look at him eating up number 47, just washing him out the play. Patriots could use some of that. Um, but as as we talked about Trent Brown, he is who he is at this point in his career. He's physically talented. He is big, and he's tough to count on. And he's been inconsistent, and the Dietrich Wise ran him over in a practice like I haven't seen anyone of that size and that ability get run over in a long, long time. But that's the more solid part of the Patriots offensive line. Um, You look to the right tackle spot and your guess is as good as mine. These two guys that were just brought in, Wheatley and Lowe, could certainly vie for that position. Um, Riley Reef was signed in the offseason as a uh, low cost veteran journeyman addition. You brought back Connor McDermott, who was uh, a revelation essentially late last year. Bill Belichick said, thank God we have him late in the year when, yes, the right tackle position was a problem a year ago, starting with Isaiah Wynn and then everybody else who got their shot there. Um, They brought in Calvin Anderson from the Broncos, a former practice squatter. He has been on NFI all offseason. City Sow, excuse me, City So, um, doesn't rhyme with cow, rhymes with so. City So was drafted. Hasn't played tackle in a while, but has been getting reps there this summer. Um, Riley Reef moved inside. Then Riley Reef limped off with an injury against the Titans. There has just been no consistency, no reliability at the right tackle spot. And that's been only one of the problems on the offensive line this summer that we've talked about. Sacks have been an issue. Pressures have been an issue in every single drill, every single practice, to the point where a lot of people think that's why none of the starters really played in the preseason finale in Tennessee, and maybe even joint practices didn't take place because the line was so inept that it prevented the passing game, the offense, Mac Jones, Bill O'Brien, from really doing anything that they wanted to do. Um, So this has been the ongoing storyline. I termed it a house of cards in the spring. I'm not even sure it's as solidified as a house of cards. And this goes back multiple years. Patriots, quite frankly, have not invested enough in the tackle position in the exterior part of the offensive line. They've tried to do it with trades, trade for Trent Brown a second time. They've tried to do it with the low-level signings or developmental players. Really, since they invested in Isaiah Wynn, and we know that didn't exactly work out the way they wanted in his career at left tackle injuries, then at right tackle, then out of town after a very disappointing season in which he seemed to be um, very unhappy with his spot uh, on the line, the roster and everything that went into it. They've really 
now left themselves where that word scramble. Mac Jones has to scramble in practice and preseason games. They are scrambling with less than two weeks to go before a game in which they will face the Eagles, who, oh, by the way, just so you know, led the National Football League in sacks a year ago by 15, one of the better sack teams in the NFL who added Jalen Carter in the first round out of Georgia. Looks like he could be one of the dominant young defensive rookies in the NFL this year. And we need to remember they do not have a very mobile quarterback. Mac Jones, if he's going to be good, if this offense is going to be good, is going to make his money in the pocket, throwing the football. Dan Orlovsky likes to say his superpower is his brain. Unfortunately, he needs to use his feet way more often than he should have to because of these issues on the offensive line, because of the lack of depth and talent. And I think the only question now is they, they've admitted they have the problem. Is it too little? Is it too late? Could you have done something more either in the spring when there was, I think, rightful criticism heading into the draft? The two biggest needs on this roster were perceived to be cornerback and offensive tackle. You drafted a cornerback in the first round, Christian Gonzalez. He is likely to be your starting cornerback when the season opens against Philadelphia at Gillette Stadium. You did not draft a tackle in the first round. You did not draft a tackle in the second round. You did not draft a tackle in the third round when you went defense, defense, defense with Gonzalez, Keon White, Marte Mapu. You drafted some developmental linemen after that. None of them pure tackle types that you feel like plug and play tackles. And another layer to this is the new offensive line coach, Adrian Clem, who has to be stressed, has to be frustrated with some of the talent he's been given. Um, even though he is, as I like to say, an expert at the position, he's earned the role. This is not a case of Matt Patricia coaching the offensive line. You have a guy that played in the league, played for Dante Skarnecchia, coached in the league before, coached in college, has a nice resume to pull from, but he's not Dante Skarnecchia. He is not a guy that has proven, oh, you can just give him chicken, you know what, and he'll make chicken salad. Adrian Clem is just trying to get his feet solidified in New England, and he's doing so with a makeshift at best offensive line. The rest of the interior line has had its own issues. You have Cole Strange having missed more than half of training camp to an injury suffered in practice. You've had Mike Onwenu on PUP until the final day of training camp practices. You have David Andrews in the middle, which is good. Communicator, leader, solid center, veteran going into, I believe, his ninth season. But Mike Onwenu, is he going to be your right tackle? doesn't look like it. Bill Belichick has said time and time again that they see Mike Onwenu as a guard, and he's been a very good guard for this team, even though he was a good right tackle for this team a couple years ago, scrambling to fill that void that has been ongoing. Um, but it looks like, based on these two trades, and again, to recap the news from the weekend, Patriots trade Pierre Strong to the Browns for Tyrone Wheatley Jr., a developmental tackle, 6'6", 320, and they trade a six-round pick to the Vikings. For uh, Lowe, a six foot six, 320-pound developmental tackle. Looks like these guys are probably going to have to, A, be on the roster because you traded for them, unless you looked at the Wheatley trade as simply a guy you were going to cut for a guy they were going to cut. So I guess it's, it's a possibility he's not on the roster. Certainly you trade a six-round pick for Lowe. I would have to assume he will make the 53-man roster that will be finalized by 4 p.m., on Tuesday, and I'd have to think these guys are in the mix for playing time, roles, jobs, as you solidify your eight, nine, ten guys who are going to be on the roster in the offensive line group to start the season. I think that's going to be a work in progress, quite honestly, and they need more progress and more work. 
I don't, I, I couldn't tell you right now who's going to start at right tackle in the season opener. Wouldn't stun me if it's on Wenu, although I do think that would be a little surprising. I think he's probably going to be at guard. Wouldn't surprise me if it's one of these two guys, Wheatley or Lowe. Um, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if it was Reef, although that seems a little more um, curious or, or dubious at this point. He dealing with an injury, and quite honestly, I'm not sure he was a starting caliber player anymore, uh, even if he's healthy. The Patriots offensive line is a mess. It was a mess in the spring. It was a mess in the summer, and it looks like it's going to be a mess as we start the fall. The one good thing we can say is they finally acknowledge the problem. What, not exactly throwing high-end options at the problem, trading for two guys who have a combined 33 snaps of NFL playing time, but maybe it's a step in the right direction. Maybe they have stopped digging at the right tackle spot and the offensive line woes this summer. Maybe they're now filling the hole in and trying to climb their way out of the hole, but the guy who it matters most for is very simple. Mac Jones, he's not going to make his money scrambling. He's not going to make plays scrambling with any regularity. And if they can't create a pocket for him, all this talk of a Mac Jones make or break season, no excuses for Mac Jones anymore. Well, they fly out the window because we all know whether it's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, even the best of quarterbacks struggle to do their jobs if they don't have a capable, competent offensive line. A year ago, Mac, Mac Jones did not have a capable and competent coaching staff and offensive coordinator and scheme. Now we're going to have to wonder, heading into September, heading into the Eagles opener and a very tough schedule, does Mac Jones have a capable, competent offensive line? Patriots are scrambling as cutdowns come to give him that. Trading for two tackles, changing things on the fly here. Is it what they need? Is it too little, too late? We will find out in the coming weeks, and you will find out on Breaking Boston each and every weekday morning where we set the table for your sports talk day, your sports news day, what's going on. We could have started today with the Red Sox, Mookie Betts, home run. Dodgers take two of three from the Sox, but the Sox are just mediocre as they've been all year. So we're going to talk about the team that I think fans want to be hopeful for, cross their fingers hopeful for, your New England Patriots trade for a pair of tackles to make life easier on Mac Jones. We will find out if it works. That's Breaking Boston for Monday morning, August 28th. I'm Andy Hart. We'll be back tomorrow with the biggest story in sports in Boston.